0: Welcome to Scott Pilgrim vs. The Podcast, the podcast where we take down the Scott Pilgrim until there's nothing left.
1: I'm Alex. We'll get you, Pilgrim. I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And on this episode, we're really taking it to Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together, the fourth volume of the series. Now, if you haven't read it, go read it. We're definitely going to get into spoilers and jump all over the place. But this was published originally November 14th, 2007 by Oni Press. Of course, the majority of it was by Brian Lee O'Malley, but big thing right at the beginning, there are color pages for the first time, unless you're reading the color versions, in which case there's a lot of... A lot of color. Uh, We're looking
1: in. I think all all of these pages are color.
0: Oh, okay. In the original version, the first couple of pages are glossy colored pages. It's a big surprise that it gets back into the typical manga format of the black and white pages, but the colors were by Steve Bucciolato, Bucciolato, excuse me. There's also guest comics in here from Steve Manale, Michael Como, Philip Bond, and Xander Cannon. Brief, bit of recap of the plot in case it's been a while since you read the book. But in this in volume, I was about to say issue, Scott and Ramona are still dating. They're still together. We get a couple of uh things thrown into the mix here as we get some downtime, a couple of months where no evil exes have really shown up for the majority of the book. And they get to explore the relationship and explore each other and find out more about each other. There's a couple of fights that go on here and not of the uh yah kind so much as the argumentative kind but we get Emotional. Lisa Miller an old fights. flame of Scott shows up and she's still kind of gunning she's like slow gunning for Scott until she's hard gunning for Scott at certain points slow, of
1: <laughs> slow gunning <laughs> yeah like I saw you out of the bar slow gunning <laughs> Ooh, you were hard gunned that night. Woo wee. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, meanwhile. Uh, you know those two ex-
1: opposites, slow and hard? Uh, Some
0: exes do show up, and in fact, we find out why they're called exes, because Ramona has an ex-girlfriend who is coming after Scott. We have a little bit of a different twist there. There seems to be another ex that is also going after him, but spoiler, it turns out it's actually Knives' dad, whose brain broke when he found out that Knives was dating Scott and decided to come after him. By the end of the book, Scott has literally leveled up, found his heart sword, Pulled it out And is ready to take it To two of the final exes Who are twins We've also gotten Another hint Twins We've also got Another hint Of Gideon The big bad Of the series here So Yeah Kind of a big hint So it's all starting To come together While Scott Pilgrim Gets it together What were your Broad thoughts though With my recap Out of the way What were your Broad thoughts Of the book I think we all Loved volume three How do we feel About
1: volume four Total I mean, silence. for me, for for me, it's uh, that like the way that Scott Pilgrim is progressing in each of these volumes and actually getting it together. Like this, the stuff that was set up in uh, two, two volumes back with Lisa really comes in huge here. And we get to see Scott, like truly make the, the right choices or at least the choices that serve his relationship that he seems to be in love with. So like. That's he's not setting traps for himself that he then falls backwards into, which is sort of what he's doing for the first volume or two. It's really nice to see that progression that isn't like treacly done or like over explained. It just is happening for the character.
2: Yeah. Pete I I, I really um overall love this issue. I think that there is a lot of great stuff. I like um the kind of sloppiness of youth that is captured in this issue. There's a lot of, like, mistakes people make, a lot of, like, we see great moments in the relationship, but we also see a lot of weird moments. This really does feel like a slice-of-life comic in a cool way, which I really much enjoy, but... Um, I was trying to come at this like, uh, you know, fresh and like, OK, I'm not going to have too many ships. I'm trying to pull from Ramona. But this issue is just too much for me. I can't. Uh, I can't uh, keep moving forward. Why? Uh, so, uh, because clearly we see her being mind uh, controlled by Gideon in the kind of place between worlds there that they that travel space. in. Yeah. But you've been uh, the biggest Scamona shipper... On the
0: podcast so far You're off Scott and Ramona You've been talking every episode of you're like Scott and Ramona endgame Scott and Ramona endgame You're always into that You're off of it now Pete? I'm very uh, stressed. Yeah
2: I was trying I was trying very hard to keep an open mind And I was trying mm-hmm. but yeah And this issue And then the fact when Scott was like Oh you know I stayed at so and so's house And then revealed Oh the ex was at Ramona's house And they only messed around a little bit Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's a lot there's too many red flags for me and uh I have I'm having a hard time.
1: Did you want Scott to be with Lisa?
2: Um no, no, no. I was uh you know, I kind of pulling for Kim P, although she has a little knives action going on in this ish. Uh but um yeah, um we'll see. We'll see what happens, but I'm definitely not team Ramona. No, thanks. Wow. Big change
0: halfway through the series. Pete being off Team Ramona. That's crazy. You've gone from Scamona to hashtag rot.
1: (laughs) Wow. It's crazy to decide that you're anti-Ramona in the book where they both confess that they love each other and are Mm. clearly moving forward, moving in together, (laughs) literally, and getting together. And you're like, you know what? This train that's chugging (laughs) along down the track. I'm off it. I'd right. rather stand here by the railroad tracks with my bindle in my hand and try to hitchhike one of those little cars that old Tommy prospectors yeah, drive where dude, they're come on. pumping yeah. the thing. Well, yeah. What about you, Justin?
0: How are you feeling, since we're jumping right to the romantic stuff, how are you feeling yeah, about the romantic stuff, are. this volume?
1: I mean, I I love, like we're talking about, all these different characters in here. I like the way that that Knives is sort of part of the gang now and yeah. it's just like even though she's always alone on the outside and they're always like why is she here and then she just I'm here and I I like that even though she's not dating young neil's really in this that's I uh, just it, the presence is great the Lisa little sort of flirtation I it was great like if this book was about him falling in love with Lisa and realizing that the Ramona thing was something else that would also work I think it's set up well I believe believe that they do care for each other. I appreciate that Scott made the right choice not to just have a hookup when he actually does love Ramona. So it's just all really compellingly done. I'm caught up in the drama. I'm I'm blushing. I'm excited. My hormones are racing because I love love.
2: P- but I, love love. I also love how clueless Scott is. You know what I mean? Like the fact of like he's not picking up on Lisa at all. You know what I mean? Like he was kind of clueless when they first were together, quote unquote, and then still kind of clueless here, you know? So I appreciate that about Scott, I, I how think, clueless I and mean, dumb is.
0: Well, on the point that you're saying, Pete, it's pretty obvious from the title of the volume, Scott Pilgrim Gets It Together, that this is all about him getting it together. And you can see... The most clear depiction of it is when his brain, when he starts to realize it's Roxy, right, uh, is uh, Ramona's ex-girlfriend and it zooms in on his brain and then it cracks open and a bird comes out. Yep. That's what it feels like in every single interaction Scott has, particularly in this volume, where you can see him sweating and trying so hard. To figure out how to be a human being in society and do the right thing by these people who are supposed to be his friends, who are supposed to care about him. Um, Getting a job, all of these things that he's like, I don't know how to do these. I don't know how to remember to tell Robota that I have a job. That's just not something that crosses my mind. And that is probably not for all of us, but like that is typical for a lot of people, I think, in your late very late teens, early 20s, where maybe you've graduated from college and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know. I'm kind of just wandering along here. How do I do any of this stuff? How do I pay my taxes? How do I get a job? How does any of this happen? And Scott, is that taken to the absolute extreme? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and there's an a like this storytelling device and we use all this video game stuff, which is like, I think played for the fun of it, but it's also like the sign of immaturity going into maturity in a really nice way. And that's just another subtle way that this comic just brings together so many elements that are all working together and uh, building steam and momentum together to tell a story that just like hits us hard in nostalgia, emotion, and uh, just like feeling alongside these characters. It is wild to talk about that device for
0: a moment. So over the course of the volume, Scott, when he does things, like when he applies for a job, he gets more XP. When he yeah. goes back to the job again, he gets more XP. And ultimately, is it when he tells Ramona he, he loves he her? He loves her, yeah. That's yeah when he gets, gets, he gets he actually levels up. The fact that they held off, or Brian held off, until the fourth volume to do any sort of XP jokes, really, and leveling up jokes is wild, because that's almost the most obvious thing you could do with a video game-based book. So having that restraint to hold off here is great. And it also re- leads to that awesome moment where set up earlier in the volume, Ramona's like, oh, he doesn't even have a sword yet. And that's another one of those classic yeah. Scott Pilgrim things. I'm like, what? are they What sword? What are we talking about here? But it pays off so nicely and beautifully in that double-page spread of Scott pulling the sword out of his heart, where it really underlines also what Scott is all about is that he is all heart. Like that is his thing. He doesn't know how to navigate feelings. He doesn't know how to navigate things with his brain, but he feels things strongly at all times. And that's, the impulse he follows whether like we've talked about it's rage sometimes it's sometimes it's love sometimes it's happiness sometimes it's sadness he goes whole no pun intended heartedly into these things and it Mm. really comes
2: to bear there in a really nice way uh one thing that you brought up that i wanted to talk about is how he gets his job back is just such a hilarious fun thing of like you know, he's like, can I get my job back? And they're like, well, we didn't really hire anybody else, so I guess so. You know, it, was, it wasn't it was even like, this is an issue where you're supposed to be getting his stuff together, and it doesn't take much work on his part. He just asks for it, you know, and they're like, okay, fine, you know. And that's the thing, right? Like funny. I, I yeah. do love that. It is funny, yeah. but it's also very
0: true because so many people are like, "God, how do I do this thing?" And the answer is, ask for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> say Put it out any loud. Any effort, just show up and they'll... just say one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I love that. I also love to get back to knives a little bit. We were talking yeah, about. Let's. It. Her arc over the course of this is great. Uh, Just uh, before I forget about it, I love the moment where Scott walks into the coffee shop and is like, oh, Knives, I didn't know you weren't there. And there's a little bubble of like, this is the moment when Scott realized that all doors don't lead to the same coffee shop, um, which is great uh, because it could actually happen that way in this world. But, you know, there's that. But over the course of the volume, there's so much more development with Knives as well. It really feels like, Knives is maybe the most fleshed out character over the course of this book so far, like all four volumes along with Scott, where she's growing up and getting it together yeah. almost the same pace. What do you guys think about that?
2: Yeah, I really love that. It really kind of showcases you know, a little bit of what it's like to grow up. You know, there are older kids who seem so much cooler and know more than you do. And you're just trying to kind of like hang around and figure things out. And I think that was such a cool and interesting way that they kind of showcase that through Knives. Also, Knives' dad is awesome. I love that whole kind of bit and the fact of like they don't even speak the same language and like there, there's just so many fun things about it. But I also like how at the end of it, Knives' dad has respect for Scott, you know, like he kind of yep. passes the test, the dad test and uh pretty impressive.
1: And we also learn where Knives gets her brooding on rooftops from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's said, genetic. Brooding. Yeah. It's, it's a good place to brood. Brooding. I love uh, the
0: moment to yes. just I love the consistent music jokes with knives yeah. where she went from like not knowing what music was to listening to one band to in this volume she talks about her friend finds a clash at Demonhead record and she's like, oh, I used to listen to that when I was younger, which is a funny joke. But no. also, that is something that not to sound like an old fogey, but young people do all the time. Like they'll do things where they'll be like, "Oh my god, that movie was such a part of my childhood," and I'm like, "You're 20 years old. Your childhood <laughs> was not that long ago. What are you talking about? Yeah, not that far. It is the old Instant nostalgia, yeah. yeah." Which is fine, but it, it, it's very true. Um, what? What do we feel about, uh, we touched on this, we hinted at this, but towards the beginning, during the beach vacation, Knives and Kim have that very brief, like, your lips touch the lips that my lips touched, and then they start making out. And this leads to the whole lesbian theme of the entire volume, the running joke slash theme that's going on. Uh, But what do you think about that? Do you guys see hashtag Nim hashtag secret of Nim? (sighs) Go in, the, wow. go in the distance. The secret. of them.
1: <laughs> No, I think the point of that is like, that's what happens. You know, people like get drunk and they make out like, it's not, uh, it's just what is in the atmosphere. And I think it's, it's in this volume. It's specifically to put that thought into Scott's brain that is later capitalized on with, um, the evil X that comes. So, In that way, I feel like it is sort of just a a plot moment in service of the main character, you know, not the best thing that you want uh, going on without seeing actual development in their relationships. But it just doesn't seem like that's something that is uh, a big part of the story.
2: Yeah, I agree with Justin. I think it, it. what's great is it does represent a little bit of the sloppiness of being young and in your 20s and kind of like going out drinking and all the kind of madness that and drama that ensues. Yeah, I'll kiss so,
1: anybody, you know.
2: Yeah, you get a couple beers in from 20s? this guy. He's making out like I'm you can't. Kissing. Be, yeah. I'm kissing. <laughs> I'm kissing.
1: I'm kissing the lips that kiss the other people, you know.
2: Uh, uh, but I do think that's what's nice about this kind of – book is the, you know, the, it does a good job of capturing that and, uh, you know, just trying things on, trying to figure out who you are, or what you like, and what you're about, and that kind of stuff. So... Uh, Yeah, it's a little glimpse uh, uh, and kind of does speak on the theme of it. Also, an interesting running thing as well is these fun interstitial, like, Scott Dream moments that Mm -hmm. you kind of have characters making fun of him and stuff stuff happening in his own dreams, which is really just such a smart, cool technique. To have in between scenes, I think it really just not only speaks to the humor, but also the creativeness of this comic, you know, those scenes in particular, which is sort of like GB Scott and characters
0: really took me back because I remember reading this Zelda was and is always my series. So. I very distinctly remember reading this back in 2007 and being like, oh my God, they're doing Zelda Scott. I love this. I love the way this looks. and I was so happy about it. Um, So I agree with you. I think that art style is great. Um, There's a bunch of stuff going on with the supporting characters as well that I thought was interesting. We have, it's Julie and Stephen? Are together? Is it Stephen or Wallace? I mixed up. Stephen Stills. Stephen Stills, yeah. So Julie and Stephen are going through like this whole plot throughout the book where they're just fighting with each other. We find out it's ultimately resolved. But how'd you feel about that plot arc that went over the course of the book? And how do you think it parallels or not what's going on with Scott and Ramona?
1: They have, they have like big older sibling energy where they're just like a little annoyed all the time. Just like, oh, guys, no, we can't be (laughs) doing this.
2: Stop giving knives beers, guys. Come on.
1: Yeah, come on. And like, it's, it's just funny that they, they're paired up because of that similar energy and, It works. And I think we know those people who are like, they're dating. They hate each other. All they do is fight. But secretly, they're just like in love, going to get married, have kids, fight around them. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I agree. I think it's, it's a fun thing that kind of echoes throughout. And it's also like you said, you know, Scott and Ramona are kind of having this fight while we're in love, while we're fighting, you know, kind of stuff as well. So it does a great job of echoing that.
1: Um, I have a question. Well, I just want to talk about the art a little bit. I feel like there's a big progression or step up in a lot of the art here. Just a lot of the perspective, the fights feels like there's a lot more of just like um, characters sort of coming towards us, leaping off the page in different ways. Yeah. And I, I love that, that Brian Lee O'Malley in this time was making those big steps forward, but I also want to say, ask like, There's a moment when, like, Scott and Ramona are in a little bit of crisis and we get these lines popping out of mostly Ramona's head, but sometimes Scott in this book. If you had to put a a name to what's happening, what feeling is there, what would you call that? Straight squiggling? Straight squiggle. No, I mean like the at, not making up a term for it. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> oh, like an actual emotion. What do
2: you think Ramona's feeling at that point? Yes. Yeah, straight squiggling yeah. is what I'd go with. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, Way cool. to double I'll down think about
0: that. what it actually is. Pete, do you have an answer? What emotion?
2: Well, I think it's hard because I know that she's being mind controlled. You know what I mean? Because she's got on that creepy outfit that she uh, looks like she didn't pick. You know, so like... I don't know if if it's just like uh, she's kind of malfunctioning or kind of freaking out or or whatever, but uh, you know I think it's it's definitely I mean, not good. It, in all honesty, I'd say stress lines is probably what I'd call it. Is that what you were
0: looking for, Justin? I feel like you have an no, answer. No, well,
1: I guess what I to be more specific about my question, I feel like it could be jealousy, mm-hmm. it could be uh, doubt in their relationship, it could be like just baggage another way of putting it and I, it's hard the, the book doesn't really it, it it presents as stress but I'm curious I feel like there's one thing and it, it's hard What that it is and it's I, I just haven't been able to fully define it yet when I see it I just know it's a problem that the characters don't seem to be able to see but it's something that's being indicated to us
2: yeah it's uh, a real problem in their relationship you're right
1: well, I
0: actually agree with you, Pete. I think we're very similar to Julie and Steven, not supposed to look at Scott and Ramona as this perfect, beautiful relationship because it's not. And I do think that's one of the points of this volume in particular, because we've seen them having the meat cute in the first volume and the second volume, like kind of figuring each other out and like, ooh, we're actually dating the third volume very much the physical relationship and this fourth volume is the emotional relationship because it's all hooked around Scott being scared to say the L word and getting into this classic lesbians. bed. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm in lesbians with you. I'm, well, they don't say they that. They don't say that. No, they say that in the movie, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of the big lines of the movie that I kept expecting. And I was like, oh, they don't actually say this in the book. But he's mistaking that Might all the happen. time. We
2: haven't gotten to it, maybe. I guess. I guess not. But it seems Possibly. like this would be I the think issue. That's what this would be the exactly.
0: um, But yeah, that's that's what we were at. We're at that stage where like, maybe it's not just like hot and heavy all the time. It's more about, wait, how do we actually feel about each other? And Scott loves her. And Ramona loves him back but they don't have the perfect relationship and i don't think you don't think
2: Ramona loves him back i i don't know because it's hard because you Come know on. if you love somebody why would you hook up with somebody else when, after a fight you know what i mean that doesn't seem like what love it is it's just like a little <laughs> kissing on the mouth it's not a big like we don't know you know what I mean? One's light might be another person's heavy. My wife knows I.
0: Whenever I go to the bodega on the corner, I always like make out with the lady behind the counter a little bit, and
1: she's and she's fine all with right it. with it. Yeah, I get a that's discount I mean. on milk. All right, kiss police. Just saying, who needs to kiss when, Pete?
2: <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Also, like, I would have some questions if I jumped through a whole world and then saw someone else being mind controlled. Totally, I I' being
0: glib here, but I also do agree with you, Pete, because I have a zero zero tolerance policy for cheating in all seriousness. But I think that's not what Scott's about, and he's very distracted by the fact that like he has these strong feelings that he's elucidating for the first time. Maybe I don't even know if he said "I love you" to Envy necessarily. This might be the first time he's ever said "I love you" potentially. Yeah.
1: No, he he did in the oh, last he volume, and instantly was like. I shouldn't have said that. And she's like, yup. And then she, yeah. cause I think that's, ah, that's right. a lot okay. of his hesitancy is that he told Envy that he loved her. And that was the beginning of their downfall because she was like, I don't, this is not serious yeah. for me. And he says, that's why he's so scared I think to say it and why yeah. he gets the sword from his heart for doing it. Yeah. Um, it's true. I, I did sword. want to
0: mention before I forgot, while we were talking about movie lines, I don't have a clear sense of the movie because I think I've watched it once, maybe twice years ago at this point. Watch Sorry, it again, dude. We're dude, going to it. for this Never podcast. Never stop watching. But the one thing that was so clear to me, not Chris Evans as Lucas Lee, not um uh, what's his name as Todd, uh Brandon Routh as Todd. Brandon right Routh. Mae Whitman saying you punched me in the
2: boob instantly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like Truth. I was yeah.
0: ratatouille chef to back into that moment of the movie,
2: one hundred percent. Interest, there's a fun kind of like boob uh, thing that gets called back where it's like awkward boob moments where he's like he accidentally punches the half ninja in the boob, not intentionally. And then they're, him and Ramona are later having a nice moment. And she's like, you're grabbing my boob. And he's like, oh, oh, oh you know.
1: So it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's, I somewhere. guess that's his move.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's got Touch a boob. The boob move. Grab the boob. Yeah. Uh-huh. Then, then you're straight squiggling. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yep. wow. That's the
1: yin and yang of boobs. Mm-hmm.
0: What other notes for the book? Anything else you want to call out? We haven't really talked about the uh, making an album storyline necessarily that plays throughout as well. What do you think about that?
1: That feels like it's just sort of simmering in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know exactly what that means yet. Uh, the ongoing story of the band. Th- this was the least banned. Um, yeah, it was. Volume. So like, it's hard to really, we're going to get more of that in a little bit. Um, especially I believe in the next volume, I think is sort of a rock and rock and roll issue. Rock and sock them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, Um, go ahead. I was just going to say that, like, even though that I'm uh, even though that I'm like not as happy ship wise, I'm still having a great time with the book. And I said I think that says a lot about the humor and the art and the fun that is happening uh, and jumping off the page. Justin, what were you going to say? You've been bursting at the seams here.
1: My seams are bursting. I want to highlight. um, I love this sort of Archie comics uh homage maybe at the the first like you know six or seven pages i thought was really cool really sweet made it feel like they really are friends as much as they're all these characters as much as they're like shooting on scott and actually like that even though he's getting it together they're still like you suck Uh, no matter how hard he tries how he does his job he's like you idiot it's like hey he's, he's getting a job he's finally gonna have some money I think that's so true, though. When you develop a reputation of never having money, being like freeloading off your friends, they're not going to forgive you until you actually return the favor a little bit. So that always helps uh, move forward. I I think it's interesting he's wearing a Smashing Pumpkins shirt that says SP. I wonder if that is just a fun reference or if it's Mm -hmm. like identifying him as Scott Pilgrim, SP. All the time.
0: Ooh. I mean, it could be both. I think Brian Lee O'Malley was inspired by a song called Spot Pilgrim specifically, which was not a Smashing Pumpkins song. But of course, like we talked about, the last volume was a play on Melly Collie and the Infinite Sadness. Of course. Right, Pete? You knew that. Right? Oh, yeah, of of course. course. Everybody knows course, that. Yeah. Of course. Um, so, yeah, maybe he's working more Smashing Pumpkins things in there over time. Maybe Billy Corgan is the last evil ex. I guess we'll see.
2: Um, Ooh, what, one of the things I really thought was a hilarious choice was how Scott fits in Ramona's purse, and his head is just kind of popping oh my out. God. That is that the best. Hilarious. Yeah. That Very whole fun.
0: fight throughout subspace, and yeah, he's just his tiny head coming out and chatting. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, oh, "Oh, yeah." Has anybody? I I should have checked this before we got on, but has anybody ever like cosplayed that at Comic Con? I don't know exactly how you do it, but I feel like somebody dressing as Ramona. And having your boyfriend be in your purse the entire time. That's a great couples costume.
1: That's such a fun idea. Maybe yeah. with a cloak, you could do it pretty mm-hmm. easily.
0: Let's do it. Next Comic-Con.
1: Oh, that's oh, Let's yeah. do it. And we can kiss anyone we want there. There's no rules. Just right. right just like out, Outback
2: Steakhouse. <laughs> right, that's
1: I also, what the Outback Steakhouse is a big kissing place.
2: Also, that place they <laughs> hang out at seems really fun. The Sneaky bad keys? Mexican
0: restaurant. They yeah, don't like it yeah.
2: all. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's got nachos,
0: and they don't like it. Yep. How of we've all play. been there? Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, anything? You ever else? go to that Mexican place right around the corner from UCB? I ate a million meals there, and <laughs> they, none of them were good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> anything else before we start to wrap up here? Any other notes from the book, uh, or things you guys want to call out?
1: No. just uh, this book continues to like be made with such confidence i uh, feel very good going in it's like all now leading you can feel the momentum building toward the end and we're getting there soon yeah a lot of fun back matter too yes very fun back matter we didn't really
0: talk yes. about that with the last one but all of the comics that other folks are doing riffing off of the world of scott pilgrim are really interesting and fun and I'd love to see more of that. You know, I feel like that's a way with the anniversary coming up next year, maybe they could have other creators try their hand at Scott Pilgrim, sort of like yeah. of continuity stories. That'd be neat. Oh, Chris Samney would be bills. fun. Yeah. Ooh, Chris Emmy. Love that idea. Yeah. And for all of you, if you'd like to support this podcast and all the podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Facebook and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Scott Pilgrim, Apple, Android, Spotify, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter slash X, comic book club live on TikTok and Instagram, comic book club live.com. This podcast and more next episode, we're taking down volume top five. This is the one Ooh. we're gonna win. This one, guys, I can
1: feel we it. We gotta get a we're W over, here, guys. Dude. We're over. <laughs> the kiss police are already dragging me in, I mean, <laughs> finger, fingerprinting my lips. Oh man, you are straight squiggling out of here.